Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 537. Basically, she had said, make haste slowly. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Kim Wolfkill. Kim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Great to have you here. Kim Wolfkill is the editor-in-chief of Road & Track this role marks a return to Road and Track as he spent more than six years at the brand, rising to editor from 2003 to 2006. Kim was most recently the senior business and partner manager from Microsoft's Turn 10 Studios, where he supported partnerships for the Forza Motorsport game franchise on Xbox. He also held the role as executive editor at MSN Carpoint. He sought automobile racing professionally and competed in the Grand Am Cup, Speed World Challenge, the America Lamal Series, and Porsche Michelin Super Cup. You have been a busy guy. So, Kim, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Please take a moment to share just a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Well, thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, you covered a lot of the bases, but uh, needless to say, I've been a, a bit of a car nut my entire life. I was raised in something of a racing family. Uh, my father raced sports cars in Asia and Europe in the in the 60s. My mom even did a little bit of racing, some go-kart and, and uh, sports car racing. And uh, so from the moment I was born, I was somewhat surrounded by it. Uh, by the time I was old enough to really think about it, my dad was sort of in and out of racing, but we still attended a lot of races. So I've kind of kind of had motorsports in my blood. It's always been uh, mostly sports car racing. But uh, and as I as I grew grew taller, I realized that sports car racing was probably going to be what I'd be involved in rather than than open wheel formula cars. Yeah, basically. Been surrounded by cars, been always around them. Um, a little bit mechanical, but I wouldn't say I can. I can. I can take stuff apart. Can't necessarily say I can put it back together. <laughs> I, I'm good at that too. <laughs> but uh, you know, if, if you're uh, if you've got a good team around you, hopefully somebody can uh, put it together. And so I just, uh, you know, when it when it uh, came time to start looking into real careers, I, I played around a little bit with marketing and things like that. But eventually ended up in the uh, in the automotive and content space uh, initially with uh, MSN CarPoint, now, what, 15-plus years ago, 
Uh, and then uh, from there, I, I started my first foray into uh, into road and track back in the in the the late '90s, early 2000s. Was there for seven and a half years. Left to go back to Microsoft to to run MSN, uh, what then became MSN Autos. Did that for a while. Really enjoyed that. Great group of people. Wanted something new, and that's how I ended up on the Xbox side of the business with the Forza Motorsport the game franchise and Turn 10 Studios. Um, but got to exercise a, a little different sort of passion f- through automobiles. I stayed within within the industry, but also did more sort of business partnerships, still allowed me to interact with the auto manufacturers and the racing teams and some of the, the people I had raced with previously. Um, and then fast forward to just less than three months ago, when I made the move from uh, Turn 10 and the Forza business to Road and Track, I'd been a, been gone for 10 years, but had some had some wild eyes, way, wild ideas way back then, and uh, I got to Road and Track this time around. And all those ideas that were so crazy 10 years ago, they're actually doing, uh, and they're not that wild. But uh, you know, it's it's exciting to come back and have the the magazine and the brand in such a great place. Well, absolutely. It's really funny. There's a nice relationship here to your passion for being on the track because on every racetrack, you end up back where you started. And it seems like with your career, you keep taking big loops uh, and moving around and then ending back where you started uh, and making changes. I'm a long, long time road and track subscriber. I love the direction the uh, publication has gone, the website, the magazine, what you guys are doing. It's really great. I'm a graphics person, so I appreciate what you're doing from a visual standpoint as well. Plus, it's nice for us older readers. Uh, it's still easy to read and uh, don't have to always put those glasses on. So welcome home to Road and Track. So good to have you back. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, Kim, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's if it's an, an inspirational quote, but it was something. It was funny. It was passed down from my my grandmother to my father, and uh, and it seems so basic, but but basically she had said, "Make haste slowly," and it's one of those sort of old time quotes. But it, it's made a lot of sense because I, one, I tend to be a bit of an emotional person sometimes, and and so uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of take things very thoughtfully, take other people into consideration and, and the effects of what you do. And, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't burn any bridges and don't, don't leave any enemies behind. And, you know, and as, as I've learned and, and my professional career has shown, you know, you can go somewhere, you can leave and then you can come back again. And so, uh, and that also applies even in the, in the racing world where, you know, the, the, the top drivers may not always necessarily be the absolute fastest, but they're the guys that everybody wants to work with. Right, exactly. I had Boris said, who's a long, long, gosh, he's been racing 35 plus years, and he said something very similar. Don't burn any bridges, stay friends with everyone, and his career just keeps coming back around. He keeps being re-invited to drive different teams, different cars. So those sayings that our elders share with us have a lot of wisdom applied to them. I have a few of those in my life as well. You talk about growing up in a family that was involved with racing. Love the fact that your mom raced. That's pretty cool. Very unique. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment as you remember it when you realized that, well, just like mom and dad, I'm a car guy too? 
Well, it's, it's kind of funny. I was always surrounded by cars and driving and, you know, always paid real close attention to what my parents were doing behind the wheel and, you know, how to shift and brake and be smooth and all that kind of thing. And, and oddly enough, I didn't get my driver's license right at 16. I probably waited six months or close to a year. And then it hit me. And then it hit me. And, and, and I, I, uh, you know, it could have been a race that we were going to, you know, we used to, we lived on the East coast in, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And we used to go, we used to follow the, the camel GT IMSA series back in the, you know, the mid, mid seventies, all the way through into the eighties. We were close with the old, the Holbert family, you know, Bob Holbert and, and more Al Holbert when he was racing. And so, uh, I, I think it, I, I can't tell you the exact day, but it was, it was definitely following one of those races when I was younger. And when I was like, you know what, I want to, you know, I want to drive these things. Didn't necessarily mean you know, I want to race them, but I wanted to drive them. And then soon as I, soon as I started driving, you know, I honestly I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> well, gosh, you've been, you've been able to be around some pretty cool people. What a nice childhood with some great experiences uh, learned from some of these people, some really great names in racing. Well, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk a little bit about a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. The most important part of this, though, is how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? So take us to that point in time, that painful point in time, share with us what happened, and then tell us how it helped you move on. Yeah, you know, um, I think probably the, the biggest the biggest challenges that have that have I've faced have just been the prospects of new new jobs mm. and and you know you're established in a in a position and I've been fortunate that I've uh, you know I've, en- I've enjoyed the positions I've been in I've been around good people and so even though you may think you want to move on when it comes time to do it it it, it ends up being especially tough and so I would say. Um, you know, whether it was the, uh, probably the biggest challenge was actually moving. Sounds like the dream job, but when I moved from Seattle while working on MSN Carpoint and moved down to take the my first job with Road and Track, that was huge. You know, that was it sounded like it was the the dream, but it meant leaving my family. You know, and it meant leaving everybody I knew to go land in a place where I didn't know anything in an industry and a role that I didn't know a whole lot about. And and uh, and oddly enough, uh, just just as tough was the move uh, leaving leaving Seattle just three months ago to come to Ann Arbor in a situation that was not terribly dissimilar. I mean, I didn't know anybody in Ann Arbor. I'd never been to Ann Arbor oh, wow. until I got off the plane and went to work. You know, I knew one person in the office, and uh, and so I think you know I was probably pretty lucky that in both cases I re- I, I arrived at an organization, Road and Track, uh, in both cases where. The people just couldn't have been couldn't have been friendly or couldn't have been more welcoming, and and so it was a challenge I overcame that that it was partially up to me, but partially just I was fortunate that when I arrived, the people helped make that transition really, really a a much less painful one than it could have been. Sure. Well, as for those listeners out there that might be facing something like this, what's a takeaway from those experiences where you went to a new job that you could share that helped you overcome that transition, that change? Because change is hard for a lot of people. It's hard for everybody. But maybe there's a takeaway you could share that might help that person out there listening that's facing that in their life. You know, something somebody told me a long time ago is, you know, you don't necessarily regret the things you do, but you often regret the things you don't do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say that it might scare the hell out of you and it may not, you know, it may not seem like it's the smart thing to do, but but often taking that chance is absolutely worth it. And And just think about whether you, you know, if you didn't do it, how you would feel about that. And so that's one, just one lens to, to use is, is how would I feel if I never, never took advantage of this? And that's, that's how this, this road and track opportunity 
kind of grew uh, most recently was I, I hadn't honestly thought about the position. And when it was presented to me, I, I said, you know, we, we've got we've to explore this. We've got to take it as far as it'll go. I, you know, I owe it to myself and I owe it to, to road and track. To let's, let's finish this conversation. And right. so uh, I would say take those chances, but also listen to your, you know, listen to your heart. Sometimes your head can mess with you a little bit. Sometimes you can overthink things. But I've always one that I've always been one that took chances and, and, and knock on wood, they worked out. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad you said that because it's it's absolutely true for me here, Cars, yeah. When I was thinking about doing this, it was something so radically different than I had ever done. I didn't know a lot about it. And I remember my wife, who's so wise, I'm so glad that I married her. She's so supportive. She said, You know what? If you don't at least try this, you will always look back and say, I wonder if that could have turned out, and you'll regret it. So go for it. Throw the pebble in the pond, as she always says, and watch the ripples move out and and see who you can touch. And here I am with my 537th guest. I would have never thought three years ago I'd be talking to the editor-in-chief at Road and Track. So uh, here we sit. So take that chance, listeners. Take that chance. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love to share a story. When you had a career aha moment. I kind of think you've had a few of those. It's a time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new concept, new direction that you had for your career. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as far aha moments, I think I had, and I guess an aha moment was also one of those, one of those great challenge moments. You know, I had an aha moment when I was given an opportunity to race Race a Porsche Super Cup car as the guest of Porsche at the United States Grand Prix at Indianapolis. Oh, wow. And I knew I had to do it because, again, you regret those things you don't do. And I had never been so nervous and uncomfortable and unsure of myself in my life. And I'd, you know, I'd done a fair bit of cool stuff, but this was just, this was on a, on a, on a world stage with, with some of the best sports car drivers on earth. And it just so happened to be also the Formula One weekend. So it was something that you could, you know, that you could, and I did get pretty worked up about and got pretty nervous about. And, uh, you know, just, just applied myself did what I, you know, believed in myself, did what I thought I did best, and the results were, you know, the results were good. I didn't embarrass myself, didn't screw up, didn't, you know, stuff any expensive cars. But that was an aha moment because that was really the most nervous and uncomfortable I'd ever been about any professional or personal opportunity. And to come out the other end, I realized, wow, you you really can, you can do anything. And, and so, uh, I don't know if it was an aha moment or if it was just a great moment of relief, but it was definitely one of those times that when that weekend was over, I was like, okay, you know, you can you can do more than you think you can. Don't sell yourself short. Absolutely. And we share something else in common. I was there. I saw you race. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I was one of those guys in the, in the stands cheering you guys on. So uh, congratulations for that. Yeah. Talk about taking a bold step. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine how nervous you must have been. But uh, kudos you for uh, taking that moment in life and uh, grasping it and uh, taking on the challenge. Fantastic. That was a great race you guys put on too, as I remember. That was a fun, fun weekend. Let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many. You've done a lot of different things, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? Yeah, you know, I think it sounds crazy, and I'm and I'm not I'm not sort of promoting road and track, but probably my proudest career moment was walking in this front door three years or three three months ago. Nice, you know, and just I never, you know, years ago I dreamed of being the editor in chief, and then I went on and did other things in, in in sort of other fields, and then to be given the opportunity and to 
to return at a time when when the magazine is doing doing really great work and something that I can be very proud of. And honestly, you know, before I got here, uh, Larry Webster, who I know has been a guest, yes. did an amazing job. I mean, he did a great job with a great staff. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, he decided to to do other things, and and I, it opened the door for me. So to you know, I really would say my proudest professional moment was that first day that I walked in and it and uh, started work here, and then that was quickly followed probably by many proud moments just every time you know every time i i think i was here a week and then i went off to the new york auto show and that was kind of my formal coming out party yes and uh just every single person that i spoke to couldn't have been more supportive about the magazine and and what they thought of it and you know and me being involved it was just it, it made me it made me really feel good that i had taken you know i had taken that chance yeah, absolutely. Well, the car hobby is filled with so many spectacular people that are so supportive of everybody. And Larry was a, a great guest on the show here. Yeah, he handed off the uh, the torch to a, a very reliable and great person in you and uh, really enjoyed getting to talk to him as well. I think he's off to uh, Haggerty now. Yeah, he's uh, Haggerty. Of which uh, I've had McKeel Haggerty and many of the Haggerty people as guests here on Cars. Yeah, another great company. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love for you to share what your first really special car was and maybe a memory you have with that vehicle. And you know, maybe it was a race car since you love to do that. Yeah, no, it wasn't a race car, even though I treated it like one. <laughs> uh, probably my, my favorite car. Often your favorite car is your first car. And I guess, well, this wasn't my first car because I learned to drive in different family cars and, you know, through high school was driving different cars. But when I got to college, I had a, uh, I had a 79 Volkswagen Rabbit. Cool. And a uh, good, reliable car, certainly not a race car, even though at the time I think people raced them. But uh, it was my first car away from home, you know, so just, just as everybody gets a little silly in college, I, I somehow managed to do that through, through automobiles. And, and I was, I was absolutely convinced that my my rabbit c was faster than any other rabbit c on the planet of course because you know it was mine and i was driving it fast and then and then one day uh, i went to school in portland oregon uh one day I, I pulled up behind another exact car same color same trim same everything and we both kind of got on it away from a light and then we started winding through some some sort of city streets and and uh, turned on to a turned on to a, a street that led to a bridge slight uphill I was like, I got this guy, I got this guy, and, I, and I'm absolutely foot on the floor, doing everything right. I'm behind him, and I'm like, I'm going to gain on this guy, and I didn't gain one inch. And so basically, <laughs> I then at that moment made the, made the sad realization that if, you've, you know, if two people floored their rabbit seas at exactly the same time, you would go exactly the same speed. And so uh, it was sobering, but at the same time, it didn't, didn't, didn't make me love that car any less. 79, my first brand new car that I bought off the showroom floor, thanks to my mom helping me a little bit, was a Scirocco first generation Scirocco. So very similar car to the Rabbit. Great car. Yeah, Great a really car. fun car. Had that all the way through college and married and first child. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic car. I remember it well. So lots of fun. We took a lot of long trips from San Diego to Mammoth Mountain skiing and Salt Lake skiing. And uh, it was a really fun car for sure. Well, how about a car that you've own and you've let go that sad tale of seller's remorse is there one that got away that you wish you still had in your garage uh yes there is i had a um back when i first first started racing uh i made the then seemed like a smart move and now i think it was just a very risky move i had a uh, i bought a used 93 porsche rs america 
And so that was a very, very special car. So I set it up for, at the time, it was local Seattle area club, Porsche Club Racing. So, you know, put a cage in it and safety equipment. But it was pretty much, you know, pretty much a street car. And uh, I raced that car for probably a year. Got, I think, won the local, won the local championship for whatever the class was. And then realized that, you know, you're, you took out a loan to buy this car. You're racing this car. And if you wad it up into, into a ball, you're still going to spend the next five years paying it off. Yes. And so uh, I ended up selling it to another racer who modified it even further and, and uh, um, had great success with it. But as I look back on, on uh, you know, the current, the current prices of air-cooled 911s oh, and, yeah. and how special that particular car was, I think that's one I would really wouldn't mind having right now. Oh, those cars, the 964s. I had a 964 when we moved here 23 years ago to the Pacific Northwest. And I didn't race it, but I participated in uh, track days at a Pacific Raceway. So I probably saw your car out there because I'd go out and watch some of you guys run. And yeah, those cars are fantastic. I wanted one so bad, but we just moved here, had a second new baby in the house, a new house, and I had a new job. And uh, it wasn't in the cars to go buy one of those. But I've always thought oh, I'd love to have one. And as you say now, they've just become so so pricey and so expensive. Really, really fantastic car. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about Road and Track today. What has you really excited and fired up in this new role there at the publication and, of course, the website? Like I said, Road and Track's in really, really good shape. But at the same time, I'm I'm probably most excited about just sort of building on what what's here already. You know, we've got we really like to think of ourselves as that enthusiast magazine, as enthusiast brand. You know, there's other brands out there that do a great job of telling you what the latest and greatest car is, what its specs are, what its numbers are, and kind of help you make decisions on whether you want to buy a car. And that's I look at that as kind of the what you drive. And while we you know we do that, especially with our website, you know, we're always we're always getting the latest reviews up there. But with the magazine, uh, I. I think about it it's really focused on sort of why you drive and uh and as an enthusiast what what gets you excited and you know you'd mentioned the the graphics of the magazine i mean we, we've clearly taken a very dedicated approach to tapping into the emotional side of cars and you know we do that through through the the graphic design and a lot of photography big photography and then with the editorial it's not so much about here's this car here are its specs here are its numbers here are the different available trims and this is how it drives we like to kind of take you on a journey, and we like to tell you a story, and and uh, and so you know, ideally, I want people picking up road and track, and and they're reading every single story in there because they want to see how it ends. And uh, <laughs> I think we're in a, I think we're in a unique position that uh, you know our parent company Hearst also owns Car and Driver, so Car and Driver handles a lot of that new car audience, and mm-hmm. we have the luxury. We're very fortunate to be able to go after that passion. And so we can cover things like motorsports. We can cover things like really cool cool road trips. We can go in-depth with personality profiles of designers or drivers or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have as many stories per issue as some of the other, other magazines, but our stories are more in-depth. They really take you there right. and, and get you excited and keep you excited about the automobile and why we drive them. You know, that's what I'm really, really enjoying and really proud of what the magazine has done. And we're going to, you know, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to look for new ways to connect with our readers. You know, we already do that through the website. We already do that through the magazine, but maybe we can start doing it with experiences. You know, imagine attending the, you know, attending a, a 
a uh, a sports car race or an indie car race with you know with the editors of Road and Track and and uh, do events that really help us share with you our special world. And I think what's what's really important from our standpoint too is we we get to do these amazing things as part of what what we do in this business, but we do them so we can share them with our readers. Mm-hmm. We don't do them just for us. And so from our standpoint, uh, we want to do the coolest possible things so we can then share share those with you and bring bring you into our world rather than sort of do it and then just sort of tell you about it as if it doesn't give you an opportunity. It's more like, well, we want to inspire you and and, and uh, motivate you to do things that maybe you hadn't thought of doing with your cars. Sure, sure. Well, if you need any pals to come along with you doing some of these adventures, you know, you've got my phone number now, so just give me a I call. I do. Be happy to join you. And I'm sitting here holding the June issue of Road & Track Magazine. As I mentioned, I've been a longtime subscriber, probably since high school. And I love this edition, Return to Le Mans. And as I kind of turn the pages here, I mean, the pictures of the history of Le Mans, the pictures, the nice, beautiful, big pictures, just really fun. You do, you and your team are doing a great job of taking us readers there. So uh, bravo, bravo. I love it. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Kim. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Wow. You know, it would, uh, I, I guess it depends on when in my life, you know, I mean, I think, I think earlier in my life, I would tell you that I was, I was a, uh, some sleek, light, uh, sports car these days. I think who, what the kind of car I would be is, is probably a little more reflective of who, you know, who I am as a person and what I like to drive. You know, as I look at, as I look at the cars out there, I, I, I like versatility, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I think we're in, a, in an amazing time where you've got you've got SUVs that drive like sports cars, and you've got sports cars that you can drive you can drive every day. And uh, uh, you know, just just last week, I drove the new Porsche uh, 911 Carrera 4S. Ooh. You know, the new 991.2, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's a car that that. Uh, you know the 911 as a whole is is has been interesting to watch its its evolution over the last you know 10 or 20 years where it used to be just thought of as a pure pure sports car and now it's managed to to evolve into you would almost call it a GT car but if it's a GT car it's a GT car with with sports car capability mm-hmm. sure you can still get your GT3 you know GT3 RS that kind of stuff which really is a sports car but uh, at the same time you take a Carrera 4S it'll drive around a racetrack faster than the old GT3s of, you know, just a few years ago. And right. yet you can make it comfortable. You, you know, no, you can't put a family in it. You can put, you know, two and a half a half a kid back there. <laughs> so what I would say is, you know, yeah, I guess it could easily say, yeah, I'm a Carrera 4S. Um, but uh, uh, I say that because it's a car that, that does really whatever you want it to. Sure. It, can be, it can be a comfortable GT car to go dinner in, or it can be a, a, a fast, responsive sports car. Uh, and pretty much everything in between. And it's it's all-wheel drive, so, you know, you put some snow tires on it, you can run around in the snow with it. Exactly. Well, my listeners know I'm a huge Porsche 911 fan. I've had many like those cars so much, and they just keep getting better and better and better. 60 years now for that mark, uh, that particular model, uh, in essence. So, yeah, spectacular. So, very nice. A Porsche 911. I love it. So, Kim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. 
For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. Okay, Kim, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Probably driving advice. And it was it's, it's fundamental, but it absolutely applies to everything. And that was, you know, in slow and out fast. So, you know, when you're talking about a talking about a corner or actually talking about anything, you know, come in, come in slowly, build some momentum and then carry your speed through whatever you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Uh, I think it's it's probably uh, it's probably relationship related. You know, I mean, it served me in in all of the different jobs I've done, and also very much in the in the personal world, which is just um, really take good care of those relationships and, and and you know operate in a way where people, like I said earlier, always want to work with you and always want to spend time with you and interact with you because then you become that person they call when they've got interesting ideas or if they're looking for advice or whatever. So I think it's just just maintain all relationships the best you can. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the listeners you think they would really enjoy? You know, I mean, as far as as far as resources, I'm trying to think of this, you know, again, I'm kind of a racing dork. So I always I always go to, you know, well, of course, I go to roadandtrack.com first for everything. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, you know, they do a nice job of telling you the latest about what's happening in the automotive world and as well as just, just you know, racing or just stuff that car guys would be interested in. But probably racing fan that I am, I, I tend to use uh, motorsport.com. It's just mm-hmm. one of those websites that if you want to know what's happening in all the major forms of motorsports, then, then uh, I start my morning like that just because I like to keep track of what's going on, what friends are up to, that kind of thing. Well, listeners, I'll remind you that you can find everything that Kim has been so kind to share today on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Kim in the search bar and that page will pop up with links. Now we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one 
collector car in your garage, Kim. But money's no object. Today, I will buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that one vehicle be? And the most important part of this, of course, is why? Well, first off, Mark, thank you very much. That's very generous of you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I think the one car, and it, and it's funny, it's it's uh, it's it's related to that uh, buyer's remorse or seller's remorse. And is this is actually a car my dad had that I heard about but never ever saw, and uh, it was a uh, Porsche 550 Spider, and it was oh. an ex ex Porsche Works car. And he raced it in the Macau Grand Prix back in the day and enjoyed some success with it. He ended up selling it, and then sadly, it uh, the new owners wrecked it, and that was sort of the end of that. Uh, but it, I, I'd say that would be the car I would want, not only because it had sort of personal meaning to my family, but also it's just one of those iconic, iconic sports cars, you know, and it was sort of the the, the beginning of the... Colin Chapman and the Lotuses aside, but you know it was the beginning of the sort of those those lighter lighter weight giant killers that went to you know went to Le Mans and raced raced around Europe. And so right. uh, I've never had an opportunity to drive one. I've seen them you know many times, but I think if I had an opportunity to to own one of those, and and, and needless to say, it's not a bad investment either. <laughs> yeah, it would cost you Mark quite a bit to get your hands on one. Uh yeah, I'm gonna have to get out my big golfer's check, one of those big checks they give the golfers with a lot of zero. I know uh, one was just sold not too recently, the Gooding Auction. Jerry Seinfeld sold off one, I believe. It's one of my favorite cars. I love those cars, the simplicity of them. Uh, I had a Beck Spider, of course, not the real deal, but that's about as close as I could get. Really enjoyed driving that little car. It did have a 56 Porsche Speedster engine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's that's legit. Kind of got me there. Yeah, at least got me into the club events, that's for sure. But the 550, oh my gosh, and the fact that your dad raced one, what a wonderful history lesson that he's been able to give you with those cars and a works car, which is even cooler. So, all right, well, I will get on the search for you, Kim. I'm going to find you a 550. And Now, you moved to Ann Arbor. Wouldn't it be better to just leave it out here on the West Coast? (laughs) I'll take care of it whenever you're out here. You can drive it. We'll take it up to Pacific Raceway and uh, jaunt around the track. Ah, wonderful car. Great choice. Kim, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Porsche 550 Spider? Uh, you know, I would probably just say uh, enjoy yourself. Don't take things too seriously and hopefully they're not really as bad as you think they are i mean that's something that i've i've tried not to sweat the small stuff and just sort of dig with deal with the big stuff so i I, but you know when it comes to the cars in life i just say have fun out there you know and like i said in slow out fast (laughs) absolutely and what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and road and track if you want to reach me, I'd say the first suggestion is uh, go to rodentrack.com to check out what we're doing. Pick up a copy of uh, Road and Track, the magazine, and then you can also track me down uh, through LinkedIn. Absolutely. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Kim's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Kim Wolfkill. Make sure you check out the publication. Uh, if you're already a subscriber, of course, you know what we're talking about. But if you maybe subscribed in the past, time to get back to it. They're really doing a spectacular job. Kim, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Out listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been great. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.